Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. It is Monday, Labor Day, and we're going to talk some NASCAR with Rod Mullins. And we're going to talk about Darlington. Eric Jones with the win in the first playoff race. And uh, he held off Denny Hamlin down the stretch. Rod, big win for Eric Jones, obviously. And what does this do to shake up the playoff race? Well, it was a big win for Eric Jones. I think I'd been saying most of this 2022 season that he had been running so consistent and sooner or later he was going to come through with a breakthrough win. Uh, It just didn't happen last week. I mean, he could have used it last week. It could have got him into the playoffs. But, you know, I guess he had to wait. And this week uh, it just happened to fall into his hands more than anything else. But, you know, Chris, I I can't say enough about this race last night. I could have gone to counseling for 20 years and never been prepared for something like what was going to happen last night in this race. Um, and I, I likened the whole thing of the playoff picture to like a, you know, three-year-old, for example, my granddaughter getting a hold of an Etch-a-Sketch and you see this beautiful picture, clear as a bell. You understand everything, how it's going to go. And then with just a couple of shakes of the Etch-a-Sketch, everything's erased and you have no idea where things are going by the time they roll into Kansas this weekend. So Chase Elliott uh, uh, didn't have a good day. He started the day at the top of the standings. He's not there anymore. Uh, What happened to him? Well, he had, uh, I think, the rear toe end bar uh, back on the right wheel, the right rear. It broke. Uh, matter of fact, the whole thing broke last night, and they tried to get it fixed within the 10 minutes of that NASCAR had increased. You know, NASCAR had been going with this six-minute allotment uh, that you could go and try to get something fixed on pit road, and if you got it done within six minutes, you could go back out on the track. Well, uh, even with the rule change this coming week uh, because of the, um, of the playoffs, and some of the teams complaining that they just didn't have enough time to be able to get some things affected or the the changes, what they needed. Um, They institute this and still 10 minutes go by and Chase Elliott's team cannot get that toe arm fixed. They can't get the the apparatus uh, fixed whatsoever. So they have to pretty much pull it behind the wall. He finishes in last place with the DNF, but uh, it drops him from first to ninth in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, now it's almost like he's barely hanging on. Just picture yourself on a, uh, on a mountain somewhere and you're trying to get a good, uh, I guess, hold more than anything else with your fingers and your fingers have got a little bit too much moisture on them, and you're begging for Rosam just to be able to go and hold on to it a little bit better. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of uh, deal he's facing right now. He's in trouble, and he has another bad race like this one. Uh, it could very well put him below the cutoff point. I mean, it happened in, what, eight steps or eight positions last night. Uh, it could very well happen again. Yeah, it's uh, you go from 16 to 12 the next stage. Uh, Joey Logano didn't get the win. He led the first 37 laps. He had the pole. Um, he led 64 laps overall. But even though he, you know, after after uh, you know, losing the early lead, he wasn't able to get back up there near the top. Uh, he does uh, climb to the top of the, mm-hmm. the point standing. So in a sense, a, a win for him. Yeah, big win for him, no doubt, of being able to just stay in there. But, you know, you have to say an even bigger win, though, for Kyle Larson. Uh, Joey Logano pulled that off, of course, staying in the race last night, not running well whatsoever. Uh, You know, an issue with the left front tire cost him time and position in the pits, and that cost him the ability to get back on, staying on the lead lap back and forth and, and so forth. But with Kyle Larson... 
they could have had a tremendous, uh, you know, disappointment last night. Uh, it sounded like the engine was going out on the Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. He wasn't the only driver that complained of something like that. William Byron also complained of a noise that started sometime early on in the race. Uh, William Byron's uh, problem kind of went away, but he wasn't as much of a factor in the race later on. Kyle Larson got down as many as three laps, but managed to get those three laps back. And he just ama- he just managed an amazing comeback last night of what, you know, those early engine problems they were afraid that the engines were going to go that's what they were afraid of with byron and also with uh, kyle larson but you know what they did end up going south and sour for martin Truex jr and of all people kyle bush just 20 some laps before the end of the race yeah well his issue he uh was it a, a blown engine yeah, well, with Martin Truex Jr., I think it was something either debris or something hit a belt, shredded a belt or something like that. And Darlington's known for being very abrasive on tires and also, so it could have been just about anything. Could have been debris came up and sheared off or sheared uh, into one of the timing belts or something like that is what he described. And then from that point on, engine temperature started going up. For Kyle Busch, this was just one of those things he didn't expect. He was coming around and then you could all of a sudden hear the engine. It was it just sounded sick as he was coming around through there and billowing white smoke around. The crowd went crazy because this happened right on the front stretch at Darlington, and they were all just, you know, standing. They were cheering over this, and lo and behold, the benefactor of this whole thing happened to be Eric Jones, and he walked into it his second win there on the track at Darlington. So uh, as it stands right now, we, when you look at uh, spots, uh, let's say I'm looking when I look at the points here. Eleven. So Bush ends up he's he's in eleventh now after the first mm-hmm. playoff race. Daniel Suarez in twelfth, Austin Cindric in thirteenth, Austin Dillon fourteenth, Chase Briscoe fifteenth, Kevin Harvick sixteenth. Um, of those guys, uh, you know, Bush obviously led a lot of this race, um, and and then has the issue there. Um, who's most vulnerable among that group right there? Well, I think right now, Kevin Harvick is probably very vulnerable out of this because Kevin Harvick had jumped into this playoff picture, winning two consecutive races. Everybody thought that everything was going just fine for Stuart Haas. And then last night, he's going around the track and then he goes on the radio and says, my rocker panel's on fire. And then flames start shooting up through the dash. He pulls off off the apron. By the time that he gets out of the car, flames are just licking up the side of that Ford. And, uh, you know, uh, first thing that Kevin Harvick did last night after he got out of the car, got a little bit of water in his system, he just turned around and he immediately, I think he more than anything, blamed NASCAR for his finish last night because he said it was crappy parts on the race car like we've seen so many times. This is like the second or third incident that they've had problems with this. Uh, The car Fords too, by the way, uh, just catching on fire, the engine catching on fire and so forth. He claims NASCAR hasn't fixed anything and just adds insult to injury to NASCAR for what Harvick had gone through last night. He said, you know, more than anything else, he said, we can't finish a race during the playoff because, because of quote, crappy ass parts end quote. That was his quote last night. And so that had to be the best quote of the night. I think coming from Kevin Harvick. 
So there's two races left in this first stage of the playoffs. Uh, this week, uh, things head to Kansas, and then you're, you'll be down there for the cutoff, the first cutoff race yeah. in Bristol on a night. It's a night race on the 17th. So, um, you know, we'll talk about Kansas, but uh, now that, you know, things are shaking up the way they have Chase Elliott falling all the way from first to ninth. I mean, the, the whole thing, like you said, the X sketch, I love that analogy. Uh, it's it's been a, it's been a race for us already. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking about Bristol? I mean, this this it, it, we've we've seen all this movement in one race. We're going to see much more movement. We have to assume in Kansas by the time Bristol gets here, a lot of bumping and grinding will be going on there to uh, to uh, to get people down from sixteen to twelve. I don't know if I have that much money on my deductible for my counseling that I'm going to have to have after this one. I mean, you know, if I haven't had counseling before, and I haven't had counseling about anything like this, but I'm sure I'm going to have it by next week. I mean, this was already rough enough last night watching the race. And when you go and you bring someone that's kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say they passively follow NASCAR to a certain degree, but when my wife walks into the family room last night, looks up on the TV and says, what happened to Kyle Busch? Who in the world's going to win this race now? It's like, suddenly there's a tension there and whoever said that nascar racing wasn't exciting they haven't been following at all this entire season is how it's gone and especially following last night's race i have no idea where we're going uh, by the time we get to kansas kansas could be uh could be a run-of-the-mill race who knows what could happen uh, bristol could be the one that shakes everything up but after last night I think Kansas could probably shake up some things as well. And Bristol may be the salt in the wound for a lot of these guys uh, looking to try to advance on to the next round. You know, a lot of them were hoping to punch their ticket last night and get that win. And then that way they wouldn't have to maybe, I don't know, push as hard or not try to uh, be on top of things as much for the next race or two because they would already had their sealed deal into the race. But <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. Uh, you know, it's just we're just in a big mess right now is what we're in. I mean, the points are pretty much, I mean, they're outlined right now is the way things are going. But it's anybody's guess of what, what's going to happen before we get to Kansas. And no other sport, in, in America at least, uh, and I, I imagine around the world, uh, can a non-playoff team during the playoffs? Yes, knock some, you know, knock things around the way Eric Jones did yesterday. I mean, non-playoff teams are playing in baseball or basketball or football. They're not out there, but these other teams are out there, and they want wins. They want money. They want the momentum heading into next year. So they want their sponsors to get the value. So you know, those guys are out there competing just as hard as the playoff teams are, and that's what's unique about the NASCAR playoff season. Yeah, and you know, Truex last night, even though he was knocked out of the playoffs, he would have liked nothing more than to have won at Darlington last night, and it didn't happen. Of course, that was the timing belt and everything, and the engine expired on that car. But then I think what is worse, and I go back to that salt in the wound sort of thing, Kyle Busch. You know, Kyle Busch has had one of the, I call it maybe, most unstable seasons, I think, in recent memory of any car driver for NASCAR. And that is, he has no idea where he's going. We keep on hearing this same thing over and over that we're getting close to a deal. I'm going to name something, but then we get to the Friday or the Thursday or Friday before the race and it falls apart or we don't hear anything out of it. But he keeps on telling people, we're close to a deal. He's changed his in, in his attitude a little bit more. I don't think he's as... um 
well, let's put it this way. I don't think he's as obnoxious and arrogant as he has been before. I mean, when he was racing and had the M&M sponsorship like he still does right now, he was just unreal. I mean, he could just walk into a room. You'd ask a simple question. He could take you apart. He could dismember you worse than Jason in a Friday the 13th movie. I mean, he could dis dismember that reporter that quick over a question that he felt like was stupid. Now he is of this whole attitude of, He's very humble. Uh, he's just wondering where he's going to shake up and, you know, where he's going to end up next on the NASCAR cup circuit. I mean, he's got plans already down the road, but we don't know, but you know, for Kyle Busch, I think this is a, this is a big one too. That's salt in the wound on this one. And Eric Jones, um, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, I've been talking about him all season, and I said, sooner or later, it's going to be a break breakthrough. There's going to be a breakthrough for this team. And it hadn't happened here in the last couple of weeks, and it was right down to the uh, to the nitty-gritty last night. Uh, thought he was going to you know, come away with the win, but he did end up winning, of course, when he ran away and got away from uh, Denny Hamlin. Uh, I thought it was funny, though, Chris, that Denny Hamlin said, well, he said, you know, Eric ran a good race last night. We had no contact, no bumping or anything like that. I'm sure that if Denny Hamlin had bumped Eric Jones, there would have been an uproar over it because Denny Hamlin would have taken out probably the crowd favorite in that 43 car, and that would have uh, absolutely just added more uh, tainted goods, I guess, to uh, Denny Hamlin's resume before it was all said and done. The race on Sunday in Kansas at Kansas Speedway is 3 p.m. Eastern on USA Network. And uh, we'll have coverage here on AFP. And if you want to catch up, uh, Rod has a really in-depth story uh, on uh, yesterday's race, last night's race. And we have that on the Augusta Free Press website. So uh, check that out. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, Rod, thank you for your time and insight here today. Appreciate it. Go Hoos. I'm glad of the win on Saturday from the – from the Wahoos and that went over Richmond. And I'm sure that you were following along too, just wondering and hoping that the defense was going to show up. And it did. It showed up this time around, but this is just game one. There's a lot more football to be played though. They showed up enough. I'll say yeah, that. That's what counted. They, they weren't, they weren't uh, the, the bears 46 defense or the, the monsters of the midway, but uh, they, they did enough. So um, <laughs> we'll and, take and, it. And, I mean, We'll they, take didn't, it. They, they didn't lose to ODU. Nothing got stolen from the locker room. So Ooh. it was a good day. <laughs> oh, that's about as bad of a burn as what Kevin Harvick delivered on NASCAR last night. And then that car catching on fire. That's a bad burn right there. Yeah. They at least didn't have anything stolen out of their locker room. They were at home, by the way, UVA was. So can't say that for the Virginia Tech Hokies in this case. Coaches didn't get stuck in the elevator, uh, all, no. all those things. It was, it was a much better day for Virginia than it was a night, Friday night down in Norfolk for Virginia Tech. And, and you know, I think that's an omen, too. I think that's an omen very much like the omen that time when Lee Corso's rental car got struck by lightning out in the parking lot there at Tech. <laughs> I yeah, think it's just another Georgia omen Tech to beat Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think it's just another omen. I think it's just these guys uh, teaching some of these guys. Uh, maybe you guys need to take the steps instead of worrying about the elevator to get you up to the uh, upper level to the coaching booth. Uh, I don't know. That was just like the precursor for the night falling apart for Virginia Tech, though. Oh, man, everything that could go wrong that night went wrong for Virginia Tech, no doubt. But it's it's a long season. Maybe they'll get yep. it turned around. Maybe they'll get it turned around. Well, Rod, thank you as always for your time. Really, really appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you later, Chris. Thanks.